Alabama football has started, which means we're already dealing with injuries and suspensions, unfortunately. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, practice started today, and we've already got one suspension, which we kind of saw coming. And we got some big injury news out there that I don't I mean, maybe it's not a big deal, but you never like to hear it. Yeah, um, I am so excited that football started and all the news is bad. <laughs> <laughs> what the, I mean, so nothing is shocked. Nothing is shocked. And that's that uh, Tony Mitchell suspended. I think we all saw that coming in terms of, I mean, who expected him to be out there today running around like nothing happened? He's suspended. That doesn't mean he won't ever be back or he'll be out for the whole spring or he'll be out for the whole year. None of us know this. He's just suspended for now, and and, and that could go on for a while. Um, now, the injuries, they're a big blow in, in this one sense. Dallas Turner and Deontay Lawson are out for the spring while they recover from surgeries. Uh, now, it's not a huge blow in the sense these are experienced kids. They already know the scheme. They already know the playbook. Uh, they're not going to fall behind. Uh, we know that they're good kids. They'll catch up. It's not that big a deal. And the plus is it's more snaps for new guys like Trez Marshall inside, Justin Jefferson inside, Jod Campbell, Sean Murphy inside, Kendrick Blackshire. And outside, for instance, I noticed today in one clip, Quandarius Robinson was playing with the ones in no doubt because Dallas Turner is out. Uh, so even outside linebackers will get an additional uh, additional reps with Dallas out. So it's not crippling, uh, and it's, it's not terrible. There's some upside to it. But on the other hand, these are leaders and two of the very best players we have on the team. They'll be out. Uh, we have other guys who are significantly banged up. Devontae Smith and Roy Dell Williams are banged up, didn't practice today. Uh, they are likely to be back per Nick Saban. Again, is this huge news? Probably not uh, in the sense they've both been around. Uh, they can stand to miss a few practices, but they're both competing for spots. I'm sure they would like to be out there because every practice is, is another practice that Jam Miller and Justice Haynes impress the staff. And Devontae Smith actually has an opportunity for a starting spot, uh, but Christian Story and Caleb Downs and guys like that uh, uh, will take advantage of Devontae Smith even missing a few days. Uh, I, I think the bigger injury story is someone like maybe Robbie Oost, uh, who's out and, and as Saban put it, uh, probably not available for scrimmages. Uh, that's big because he's he's got guys on his heels. Uh, Jamarian Latham also out probably for scrimmages as well as Justin Aboigby, a situation we already knew beforehand with the neck. Uh, most of these guys are veterans, and uh, and my concern isn't that they're going to be behind schematically or or uh, in, in terms of knowing you know where to be and what to do. That, that That's all covered. 
but a lot of them need to be watching their six as the uh, cops and the military put it. And by that meaning people from behind are, are catching them. And uh, so, so that part's interesting, uh, but more work for the younger guys. Uh, and again, we don't play middle Tennessee until the first week in September. Coach Saban made a note today that uh, none of these injuries are expected to be a problem moving forward. It's just about who can practice right now and who's available for scrimmage work. And uh, again, this is just the spring. So th those were all hugely noteworthy things today. And we'll continue to get into the photographs and the video I was able to watch a little earlier. Uh, Nick Saban did have an interesting comment when referencing Tony Mitchell. He said, there's no such thing as being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And my first thought was, uh, tomato oats. It turns out that maybe he didn't mean it that way right. uh, as a shot, indirect shot, or direct shot at Nate Oates, either way you want to look at it. Um, I think some people will take it that way regardless. It is highly plausible, almost very likely, that Nick Saban had no idea what Nate Oates said and how that quote got him in a little bit of hot water yeah. with the media. It's, it's, I would say it's frustrating. It's a coincidence. It, it was a coincidence, but I get the reaction. I, I totally get the reaction. The first time I heard it, I was like, that's a shot at Nate Oates. And then uh, some people have dug into it, and I, I don't think Saban is 100% sure we're still playing basketball because you know why? To him, it's what? <laughs> Football season. Saban is, does not read BamaInsider.com. He should. He should. Frankly, he should. It's my advice to him. Uh, but he doesn't read that. He doesn't read BOL. He doesn't read Tyler Insider. doesn't even read AL.com. He doesn't know that this is a thing to all of us. And, and it's a common thing to say in a criminal, a crime scene context, right? That's a common thing to say. So um, anyway, I, I think it was made clear by Nick after the fact through, I mean, that, that Word got out from the Saban camp. That was a coincidental. We didn't think that was going to be a thing. No, and frankly, you know what? I've never heard it said like that before. You heard wrong place, wrong time all the time. It's a cliche that is probably like every other cliche, completely overused and completely misused. Like take that with a grade of salt when it's great <laughs> of salt, you know, um, uh, you know, I could care less when it's I could not care less because if you could care less, you probably should by the way your tone is. But wrong place, wrong time is overused. But Nick Saban's actually right. I mean, there's no such thing as wrong place, wrong time because if you're at the wrong place, it's always the wrong time. <laughs> That's that, that makes sense to me now. Like, it never made sense to me until, like, now it makes sense to me that Nick Saban is right. I mean, again – I mean, is Tony Saban to teach me something? It's Tony Mitchell's defense. I had no idea the guy I was in the car with had scales, a pound of marijuana, and a pistol. I mean, no idea. I mean, it's just the two of them, and they're driving from Alabama hours into Florida. I mean, believe me, I can easily buy that Brandon Miller did not know that yeah. Darius Miles put a gun in the car. I, I don't know whether he did or didn't, but I can buy that he didn't know. I mean, because they're in the back seat. There's four or five people in the car. They're driving five minutes down the road. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't, but when you're going to another state <laughs> with one other person. And you uh, and you have to say, 
hey, can I move your scales that, that seem very oddly specific to one type of material uh, so that I can sit down? Yeah. Anyway, why does our car smell like a Pink Floyd concert? And just who the heck is Pink Floyd? <laughs> I've never even heard of Pink Floyd yet. I thought Tony Mitchell is I, not. There's a good. I chance. feel like I feel like this is uh, what it smell like. Um, anyway, if I knew who Pink Floyd was. I would know this smell, <laughs> but I don't know who Pink Floyd is. Well. So I guess all is well. Um, okay, let me tell everybody about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up now, and the perfect time to download FanDuel is right now America's number one sports book because new customers get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can build everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained, all that stuff. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. Look, you want to do some exclusive bets like the two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. That'd be a great one. They got it at FanDuel. Player props, player points, rebounds, assists, whatever. They got it. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Um, Jimmy, I wanted to talk about a little – actually, if you want to talk about – no, I'm going to save it because I think your photos and the first teamers and who all came out, um, I think we saved that for a whole nother pod. Instead, what I want to talk now is a little bit of free agent news. Um, my main man, Damian Harris, yep. headed to uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills get a steal, and I think Damian Harris upgrades. I hate that Mac Jones doesn't have him to hand off to anymore. Um, because I, I enjoyed that when they were in the backfield together. But, man, I, I really do love it for Damian Harris. I feel like um, that's a great deal for him. Yeah, I hate uh, separating those two. You know, Damian Harris and Mac Jones are uh, really good buddies. I mean, that's not, a, oh, they played football at Alabama together. No, 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 they're like serious, great buddies. I mean, they, they're, they're besties. And uh, I hate that Damian won't continue with Mac. Uh, now, that said, Damien's going to a pretty good situation, a team that wins a lot, a team that needs a back. I can see Damien playing a bigger role in Buffalo, even though they have a better team. Uh, and th this could be really good for him. Uh, so I'm excited for him winning more. Uh, he's had a good, long career now in the NFL. Uh, it hasn't been star-studded. He's not all pro. He's not, he's not making dollars. Uh, but but what a good solid career uh, he's had in the NFL after having a good solid career at Alabama, and on top of it all being such a good dude uh, and a good representative of Alabama. Uh, but no, I'm excited, Damian. Uh, Buffalo more so than New England, probably a contender to uh, win the AFC and play in the Super Bowl, and uh, particularly for a player who's pension eligible, who's been in the NFL for a while. Uh, who's not a superstar player, I think the next best thing is, wow, I'd love to play in the Super Bowl. I'll be able to talk about that forever. Uh, what, a, what a memory. And I, I think now he's, he's at, at a team where realistically getting to the Super Bowl is very possible. And, uh, again, so very happy for him in that uh, in that context for sure. Yeah, and I think they've got a great shot at Super Bowl next year. One team that probably didn't have a great shot at Super Bowl, but also signed an Alabama alum of the Las Vegas Raiders. They get O.J. Howard. Um, 
he'll be catching passes, we hope, from Jimmy Garoppolo. And, um, you know, I assume they'll still have Devontae Adams. I think they will there. So, uh, man, that I like that for him. Uh, Tua's contract, the Dolphins pick up uh, the the option on his contract. So, that's wonderful. Um, $23 million. Yeah. $23 million Tua will get for playing this uh, upcoming fall, which is – that's generational money. Uh, it's, a, it's such a big deal. So happy for him. And at the same time, an acknowledgement of the Dolphins saying, hey, when our guy's healthy, he can play. Yeah. I just – I'm hoping that uh, – boy, I really want them to get a little bit more help for him. I mean, I, I love his receivers now, but um, I maybe a super running back or something, maybe a better offensive line a little bit. I, I just love to see some more help from him because he, you know – he isn't exactly the most durable guy. I mean, I love Tua Tungabailoa. I mean, if you told – you know, I'm always going to choose Bryce Young. Bryce Young's the best player in Alabama history to me. But Tua's in the top ten easily, top seven. I don't know why I said yeah. Maybe five, top five. What a great natural passer of the football. Just a natural passer. Uh, By the way, let me stop you. He really threw with anticipation. I know. He did. I really hate it when people say things like, and he's a quarterback, and they say he's a great passer of the football. Oh, I mean, what are you going to say? He's a great passer of the ping pong ball. It's <laughs> if he could only transition from ping pong balls to footballs, he would be incredible. Like when people say he can really put the ball in the in the basket, that's the goal. You know the worst thing I say, and I say this all the time, and I think it's it's an interesting thing to say. But a writer, I'm going to give him credit for uh, criticizing me because he's right and I'm wrong. Uh, Craig Stevenson from AL.com, great, great writer, one of the best, by the way. Uh, he's heard me use the phrase, he scores the ball as it relates yeah. to football. And all yeah. I'm trying to say is he's a guy that gets in the end zone. He he, he yeah. scores points. He's not just going to accumulate yards. He's a guy that gets in the end zone. He scores the ball. And the first couple of times on the air, I said, scores the ball. I thought Craig Stevenson was going to strangle me. <laughs> he, he did He did not like that phrase. Like he should have. And he probably should have. And like I said, I, I get that I'm open to criticism over that. It's a weird thing to say as, re, as it relates to football, but I still like it despite, I mean, it's no, like, it's descriptive to me. No, don't ever, don't ever say that again, ever for any reason. All right. All right. All right. By the way, if anybody heard a background noise, that is my phone. That was nothing emanating from me. I want Because it, it sounds like I got this new case and it has like this little rubber piece on it. And so when I move my phone, it like my phone's slightly elevated because of this case. And when I move my phone, it I'm gonna hopefully it does it now. So like that, you hear that? Yeah, that's what it, that's it. And and I'm always like, man, people are walking by my office and they're always going like, and I'm like, no, it's it's my phone. They're like, Yeah, it's your phone. Okay. Um why did now now why does your phone smell when it makes that noise? <laughs> <laughs> I got it from stinkyphonecases.com. Uh, anyway, I, I want to throw in something. Uh, I just saw this on AL.com. I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, like it says it was posted 18 minutes ago, so maybe you hadn't seen it by the time we started this podcast. Um, Tony Mitchell was apparently in, going 141 miles per hour to evade police, according to this article. Again, if anything, from the Brandon Mitchell situation, I've learned, let's let all the facts come in. But the, it says, the vehicle driven by Alabama freshman defensive back Tony Mitchell evaded police at 141 miles per hour before it was later found and stopped. 
how do you stop something going 141 miles an hour? Wow. I, I just hope that can't be right. And why it's like you- a bad, it's like a bad movie that that's that story gets worse and worse. Yeah. Me and you should have walked out of this theater 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I would have. I'm not scared to walk out of a bad movie, and I'm thinking about walking out of this one. Um, okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Sweet 16 because, you know, hey, we're still in it. So, Jimmy, I was checking out ESPN a little bit earlier. I'm going to pull it back up right now. And uh, they all had their experts pick you know, who they think uh, every Sweet 16 matchup and predictions and all this. You know, obviously, boy, there's some weird Sweet 16 matchups. This is the oddest bracket I think I've just about ever seen. Michigan State, Kansas State. Um, I, I do like that matchup, by the way, but it's just weird. It doesn't seem natural. Um, Arkansas and UConn seems like a great matchup. Tennessee, this is why I'm a huge proponent of reseeding when you get to the Sweet 16. Tennessee, as a number four seed, gets number nine seed Florida Atlantic, and it just feels like, now, Florida Atlantic may be better than we think. I mean, they're 33-3. and three, But yeah, meanwhile, Gonzaga and UCLA have to play each other. Something seems wrong about that. Um, that is, that's a game of the day to me. I mean, in terms of like yeah. when I look at the eight matchups, I'm like, what's the best match? What's the best? Like, what's going to be the best game? Uh, I think uh, Zags and UCLA. No, I, I love that matchup. Um, And I'm pulling for Gonzaga. I mean, I, I, I think that would be a fun matchup in the title game if we could both make it. Um. They all picked Alabama to beat San Diego State and all around the same score. Listen to this. So uh, Jeff Borzello predicted Alabama 72-64. John Gassaway um, predicted Alabama 70, San Diego State 62. And Myron Metcalf picked Alabama 77, San Diego State 67. So they all pick it about where the spread is. And they all say Alabama's going to be in the 70s and San Diego State's going to be in the 60s. Um and I agree with them. I think it's going to be about 75-65, Alabama. I, that's what I think. Well, here's what I really love noticing, reading all these predictions. Not one of them. Like every article about Alabama for the last three weeks has had, you know, much maligned superstar Brandon Miller. None. They all have a paragraph. None of them say, you know, controversy swirling around this team, blah, blah, blah. They just say, you know, I'll, I'll read an example. Um, it says – uh, Miller is the best player in the NCAA tournament and a projected lottery pick in this summer's NBA draft. This might not be close. Uh, Brandon Miller is highly effective across multiple velocities. And anyway, the Aztecs' best looks on offense could come early in the clock. Um, and then uh, the other guy didn't say anything about Miller specifically. But that's two different guys not saying, hey, Brandon Miller, who may or may not kind of sort of maybe been involved with a shooting uh, you know, they didn't say anything about that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, or I think some of this is dying down from the, the Brandon Miller side, which it should, cause he didn't do anything, but it should, but I'm saying I, that doesn't mean it always does just cause it should. I think it's uh, uh Ryan Phillips reporting and Tuscaloosa patch and that article that got around and the ESPN long form article that came out before, the Ryan Phillips thing. I, I really believe that. I think the that fans haven't read it. The walking around civilians, they haven't read it. It's too long. Uh, it conflicts with the narrative they prefer to believe. They're not going to read it. 
but people that work in sports media do read other sports media pieces. And I think people work in the sports media, they're never going to retract. Look, if you're waiting for the loudest, most vocal critics of Alabama basketball and Brandon Miller to retract what they said, they're not going to do that. Not now, probably not ever, but they're just not going to talk about as much. They're not going to say new things that they're going to quote pay for later. Now I, I, by that, I don't mean defamation lawsuits. What I mean is fans calling them out like, Hey, are you the same guy that said this back in February of, uh, of 2023? Uh, I, I don't think you'll see new quotes from that crowd. They know now not to say those things, but they won't retract what they said before, even as additional facts come out that portray that evening much, much differently. Uh, so that's interesting. And thinks this is my, my prediction. I bet this weekend, Luke, CBS and its affiliates, true, TBS, TNT. Uh, I, I bet we don't hear a word from CBS about the, the, the incident. Look, we can't hear you probably because you're in South Carolina. And no, because I was I was muted. <laughs> I didn't want you to hear my phone again. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe I made it. Like I was really literally saying, okay, that's going to do it for this podcast. I did want to say. Your must smell awful. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, that is going to do it for this podcast, but there's something yeah. I, we need to dedicate to the next podcast. And that's talking about, I've just read some reports um, from the Auburn sites where uh, Sterling Dixon, Ryan Williams, uh, Demarcus Riddick, uh, they were all at Auburn. And the Auburn uh, beat writers make it sound imminent that all of them will be flipping to Auburn sooner rather than later. But, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now. I haven't read it. I'll say, and, and I said this from the start, and Luke, you haven't disagreed at all. Hugh Freeze is a different cat when it comes to recruiting. True. We're, 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 we're going to lose kids to Auburn now that we have not lost to Auburn in the past. Now, is it going to sink the battleship? Is it going to mean that the Nick Saban party is over? Uh, does it mean that Alabama can't recruit in this environment? No, 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 and no. But you don't get every single target. And Auburn is – I don't even want to go so far as to say they're going to get their share – but they are going to get kids that uh, Alabama would like to sign. And that hasn't been the case at Auburn for quite some time. Credit you, Freeze, who is a good recruiter. And in my opinion, what he does best is prioritize recruiting. I know that I, I know some football staffs don't prioritize recruiting like they should, but Hugh Freeze does. Um, hey, am I muted again? No, okay. Thank God. No. Uh, we, all, we all hear you. Looking, listening for the phone. <laughs> my phone went silent. Uh, anyway, still smells the same in here, but my phone's silent. Anyway. Right. Silent but deadly. All right. We will talk tomorrow. Appreciate all you guys. Please hit that subscribe button. And uh, thank you guys for struggling through this podcast. We will talk to you tomorrow. And until then, roll tide. Roll tide.